，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。With Taiwan's election season heating up, the impact of 2024 on Taiwan's future is becoming a global focal point. Over in Washington, Taiwan's de facto ambassador Xiaobi Kim was asked how the 2024 election may change Taiwan's relationships with China and the U.S. Xiao responded that the prevailing public consensus is a desire for the status quo. She said that no party that wants a chance in Taiwan would run counter to this trend. Our guest today is Bi Kim Xiao, Taiwan's representative to the United States. Taiwan's de facto ambassador to the U.S. Xiao Bi Kim attended a press breakfast in Washington D.C. on Tuesday. The event, she spoke on Taiwan's national defense, economic cooperation, and international relations. Reporters asked whether Taiwan had set a timeline for a potential Chinese attack. Well, we don't have.、Um Evidence that there is a very specific timeline, and we are doing everything we can to deter and to prevent、uh, any potential for conflict. During the press event, Xiao said Taiwan had extended the duration of conscription to one year. She added that besides enhancing its defense capabilities, Taiwan will increase its defense budget and reform its reserve forces. The event was attended by journalists from 11 mainstream U.S. news organizations, all specialists in the White House, Department of State, or the Pentagon. One reporter asked if the 2024 election would bring changes to Taiwan's cross-strait policy and to its relations with the U.S. Every election in Taiwan, cross-strait issues have always been part of the broader debate. But I think ultimately, what's in Taiwan's best interest is to build unity of, of views、uh, within Taiwan, and、uh, we have converged on an interest in maintaining the status quo. That's why I mentioned that in the context that it's the largest common denominator、uh, among our political parties、uh, in Taiwan. Xiao stressed that all Taiwan polls show that people want to maintain the status quo. She said that regardless of Taiwan's transitions of power, maintaining the status quo would be an enduring consensus. I don't think any political party that wants to be electable in Taiwan、um, can go against、uh, these trends within our society. Following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the world's attention focused sharply on the Taiwan Strait. Xiao, who's been tipped at lighting this running mate in 2024, is also under increased scrutiny. The cabinet has approved a 4% pay hike for service members, civil servants, and teaching personnel effective next January. The raise matches the one last year and is aimed at easing inflationary pressures. The cabinet will also increase research allowance for academic researchers by 15 percent. 公教人员在过去两年防疫期间的辛劳及贡献，核定一百一十三年度。Given the hard work and contributions of service members, public servants, and teachers during the past two years of the pandemic, a 4% pay rise has been approved for the 2024 fiscal year. 
academic research bonuses for public university faculty salaries at the assistant professor level and above, as well as professional bonuses for equivalent staff at the Academia Sinica, will all be raised by 15%. 那调薪之后啊，的确就是会有一波的需求拉抬啊，因为等于说实质所。After the salary adjustment, there will indeed be a boost to market demand because a rise to real income inevitably drives consumer spending. A four percent raise seems reasonable considering the rate of inflation since last year. The salary hike is expected to cost 29 billion NT and to benefit to 730,000 personnel. A new 1,200 NT monthly transport pass is set to launch in northern Taiwan on July 1st. The pass covers Taipei, New Taipei, Taoyuan, and Jilong, offering unlimited rides on MRT systems, buses, TRA trains, highway buses, and U-bikes. Pre-orders start on June 15th. Users who currently hold a 1,280 NT transport pass can get a refund at information counters on the Taipei MRT. Swipe in and you're ready to go. Taipei and New Taipei are phasing out their 1,280 NT monthly transport pass. It will be replaced by a 1,200 NT pass that covers Taipei, New Taipei, Jilong, and Taoyuan, including access to the MRT, buses, TRA trains, and highway buses. Pre-orders start June 15th, with July 1st as the official launch date. The 1,200 NT pass even includes access to the Taoyuan Airport MRT. That's not bad at all. I'm looking forward to it. I spend about 3,000 to 4,000 NT on highway bus fares every month. That's quite a lot. So this discount is really quite good. The pass will also grant limited free access to U-bikes in Taipei, New Taipei, and Taoyuan. If your Easy Card is already loaded with the 1,280 NT pass, you'll need to cancel it before purchasing the new monthly pass. You can get a refund for your 1,280 NT monthly pass at information counters on the Taipei MRT. Currently, the 1,280 NT transport pass for Taipei and New Taipei has about 300,000 users. Every month, the 1,200 NT transport pass will also cover Jilong and Taoyuan, so we expect about 420,000 to 500,000 monthly users. With the launch of the new pass, U-bike usage is expected to increase. Users complain that as it is, there often aren't enough bikes to rent. We'll improve bike management procedures and add more bikes to the system. We had planned to add 1,780 bikes in June, but we added them all ahead of schedule in May. Besides adding new bikes, Taipei's transport department promised to add more bike stations to ease concerns that users won't be able to borrow or return their rentals. The Academia Sinica and Moderna are teaming up to produce new mRNA vaccines as early as next year. The Academia Sinica will provide a facility to support early clinical testing, while Moderna will offer mentorship to select research projects to accelerate their development and improve their chance of success. A letter of intent is signed by the Academia Sinica and Moderna. They are teaming up to accelerate mRNA technology development in Taiwan and to cultivate local talent. One initiative is a research exchange platform that we will co-create. 
At the same time, the venture will provide guidance on some forward-looking technologies and support their internationalization. The mRNA production process and pilot core facility have already been set up at the Academia Sinica. We also plan to use the space to carry out related research that we take to clinical trials. That's the progress we've made so far. The pilot facility is set to accept R&D projects as early as next year. It will be able to produce mRNA vaccines on a small scale and to conduct early clinical trials. Moderna will provide mentorship resources to select projects to speed up their development and give them their best shot at success. This call for projects requires enormous support and cooperation from scientists at the headquarters. So when our chief scientist Eric Huang heard that we had initiated this in Taiwan, he immediately agreed to it and said he was willing to represent Moderna's U.S. headquarters in signing this letter of intent. Optimistic about Taiwan's talent and R&D capabilities, the signatories said the joint venture would not only yield new COVID vaccines, but also potential treatments for cancer, rare diseases and infectious diseases that are yet to be known. In other news, the fourth wave of COVID-19 is continuing to sweep Taiwan. The Taiwan CDC estimates a reinfection rate of 15 to 20 percent. An estimated 3,000 to 4,000 people are reinfected each day. The number of moderate and severe cases has gone up from 700 a week to 1,400, so it has roughly doubled. There's a market increase among the elderly and vulnerable populations as well as those with chronic diseases. As the epidemic escalates, we need to pay particular attention to that. Public health scholars say the XBB Omicron subvariant will continue to spread through mid-July. They advise older adults and other high-risk groups to receive next-generation vaccines as soon as possible. A massive fish release recently took place at a Geelong fishing harbour. Releasing captive fish back into the wild has been a Buddhism tradition for hundreds of years. In this case, 100,000 fish were released into the ocean at one time in a major event. We spoke to some participants, as well as local scholars and industry representatives, about the fate of fish in Geelong Harbour and what it will take to protect Taiwan's fish in the long run. A bucket of water is upturned and fish slide down a plastic chute into the sea. Eleven boats went out to sea at Badozi Fishing Harbour, carrying more than 400 passengers from religious groups, high schools and universities on a trip to release fish near Geelong. It's really great. It's sunny and there are so many compassionate people. Everyone is here to participate in this Jilong fish release together. It's a really rare and special life experience. We fish them up and put them in the water buckets and then watch them returning to nature. It feels like a kind of restoration. It's very happy. The group released 60,000 yellowfin bream and 40,000 red sea bream, making an auspicious number of 100,000 fish returning to the ocean. Jilong Islet is the largest sea fishing venue in Taiwan. The number of fish here has noticeably declined as fishing has grown in popularity. Life release events were traditionally organized by religious groups, who would choose fish species and locations independently. 
But now, fishing associations and expert scholars are getting involved in the decision-making. They understand the fishing industry and can suggest the best species of local fish and locations where they can be suitably released. Apart from enabling fishermen and the general public to have fish to catch, the more important thing is to allow the stocks to continue on sustainably and for the fish to thrive on in future generations and to be able to reproduce in the wild. You need to release the right fish at the right time in the right place. I think it's their field of expertise. I think it has to meet those conditions to be able to really function as a fish release. Fish release events are not just about participants feeling good. They also have an impact on tourism and can have some ecological function. Fish populations are dwindling in seas all over the world. They can do with all the help they can get. Turning now to NVIDIA CEO Jensen Huang, who's been swarmed by public attention since landing in Taiwan last week. Speaking in Taipei on Thursday, Huang addressed speculation that NVIDIA chips will soon be outsourced to Intel. He told reporters that NVIDIA's next-generation process node will still be produced by TSMC. When asked if he was concerned about TSMC's geopolitical risk, Huang had this to say. Trust it completely. The yields are incredible. Uh, the cost is very good. The ecosystem took several decades to be built here. And the ecosystem is incredibly rich. It cannot be replicated overnight. Diversifying uh, in different geographies uh, is an excellent strategy by TSMC. Huang emphasized that TSMC's Taiwan production base still holds an edge on the world stage. He said TSMC had the capacity and flexibility to neck to meet NVIDIA's needs and that their long-time cooperative relationship will not change. Taiwan's dancers have triumphed at a prestigious ballroom dance contest in Japan. The Asian World Dance Sport Festival was held in April, and the silver medal went to Taiwan's Zhuang Yaqing and Li Yongzhen. But the path to the dance floor was a tough one for Lin, who right now is in military service. He's posted to a fire department in Nantou County and was almost denied leave to exit the country because of his status as a conscript. Luckily, officials looked kindly on the athlete's wish to represent Taiwan on stage. Two figures in black take center stage at the Dance Sport Festival. Their elegant, flexible movements are incredibly expressive. A routine like this takes precise attunement between the partners. The pair flew from Taiwan to Tokyo for the contest, their performance clinching the silver medal. In the moment, I was like this. I couldn't bear to watch or listen. Then when we won silver, I was still so happy, I cried out. Before we left Taiwan, we ran into some tricky spots because right now I'm technically doing my military service. There was a bit of a situation trying to pass through emigration, but in the end we managed to resolve it. I'm delighted to have won second place. Dancer Ling Yongzhen belongs to Nanto County's Caotun Fire Precinct where he's completing his substitute military service period. He spends his days assisting emergency responses, but after clocking off at 6 p.m., heads to the dance studio to train. He was dancing until 9 p.m. each evening in the run-up to the contest. But all the blood, sweat, and tears paid off. The formidable skills of the pair beat back competition from more than a dozen different countries. 
Basically, right now I treat my service at the fire department as my job, and I use the time after work to get home and train and dance. Living a double life as a firefighter slash pro dancer, Lin has a full schedule. This summer, he'll represent Taiwan on dance floors in Europe, bringing a bit of Formosan magic to the world stage. The Yonex Taipei Open is set to open on June 20th at the University of Taipei Tianmu Gymnasium. National icons Dai Ziying, Zhou Tianchen, Li Yang and Wang Qiling featured in a video promoting the six-day event. The Taipei Open is the first Asia tournament in the BWF Super 300. The rosters of competitors is formidable, including home favorites like Zhou, who's seeking his third consecutive title in men's singles. Some 280 athletes from 24 countries will take to the court. Today, we take you to meet Taiwanese artist Ariel Chi, who documented the story of farmers in rural Taiwan. As a child, Chi lived in Erling, an important farming town in Zhanghua. In order to capture the beauty of the town and the hard work of the local farmers, Chi went back to Zhanghua to create a series of paintings. FTV reporter Stephen Yang spoke to Chi to find out more about his works. Artist Ariel Chi tears up as he reminisces about his hometown. Chi grew up in Erling, Zhanghua, which is an important farming town. To pay homage to the hard work of local farmers, Chi went back to Erling to interview farmers and draw their portraits. Under each portrait is a quote from the farmer. This farmer is a good friend of Chi's father. The main thing I want to do here is to paint the faces of the wheat farmers in our hometown. I want to bless them by using bolder and brighter colors. This grandma is part of a couple that my father misses very much. Because when my father was still living in Zhanghua, as long as the couple harvested radishes and cabbage, they would always deliver it to our doorstep with an ox cart. These pictures of these wheat farmers remind me of my father, which inspired this series of creations. This work is a portrait of Chi's parents. Chi was born into a farming family. When he was in the second grade, his father brought the whole family of eight people to start a new life and work in Taipei. A few years ago, Chi's mother and father passed away. While grieving his parents, he decided to take a trip down to Zhanghua. There, he interviewed farmers and created a series of paintings featuring friends of his parents. Uh, I made this sketch on New Year's Eve. You can see my tears that dripped on this canvas on which I drew my parents. Usually, when something about life moves me, I pick up my pencil and capture it. This art exhibition came to be because I miss my parents. And then when I discovered that the farmers in my hometown were growing wheat, it reignited a very strong sense of nostalgia and of missing my family. On New Year's Eve, I started sketching my mother. After that, I kept drawing more and more pictures. Besides witnessing the kindness of the people in his childhood hometown, Chi also noticed that the countryside has transformed from rice paddies to fields of peanut and wheat. 
It had been a long time since I'd gone back to the countryside. It had been about 40 years. This time I went back and I discovered that the countryside had changed a lot. You can see in this painting two farmers inspecting peanut fields. There are many middle-aged women in the countryside and they always bend over while working. This time I deeply felt a sense of, why did I leave the countryside? I didn't know that the countryside was so friendly. When I returned to the country again, my heart melted. Xi's solo exhibition opened May 30th and will run until June 14th at the Dasha Art Gallery in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Hong Guokai in Taipei. Typhoon Noir weakened into a tropical storm on Thursday as it moved away from Taiwan. But its periphery continued to bring showers to many parts of the island, particularly in Ilan and Greater Taipei. Forecasters say the rains will start to ease after Friday to be followed by a spell of heavy rainfall in mid-June. Typhoon Mawar's retreat led to the formation of an intriguing pod-like cloud formation captured by Hualien residents. This lenticular cloud was caused by sinking air. The Central Weather Bureau says Mawar has reached the seas near the Ryukyu Islands and weakened into a tropical storm, but its periphery is still bringing showers to northern Taiwan. The green and red regions of the periphery are primarily concentrated over northern Taiwan, especially over the mountains in the north and Ilan. The CWB has issued heavy rain advisories for Ilan, Xinju, and areas north of Xinju and Greater Taipei. Residents should take note. Miali and areas south of Miali are under this green section and may experience localized showers due to the influence of the periphery. The weather in other areas should be more stable. The storm's periphery has replenished northern Taiwan's Xinshan and Mingde reservoirs. In central Taiwan, the Sun Moon Lake Reservoir is approaching full capacity. Zhengwen Reservoir received more than a million tons of water in its catchment area, which have raised the supply to 6.82%. In a post on social media, CWB head Cheng Mingdian warned that if easterly winds continue to prevail after Mawar's departure, it could be a sign that this year's plum rain season is over. As for a more long-term forecast, we are seeing signs of heavier precipitation in Taiwan in mid-June. What's unclear is whether there will be an impact from southwesterly winds or from the intertropical convergence zone. But still, be warned that in mid-June, we will see more intense precipitation. Plum rain season typically lasts until the end of June, but forecasters are scanning the skies for signs of an early end.